0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SciTech Jobcast, the podcast for future STEM professionals. My name is Molly Mitchell, and I will be your host. Okay. hello everyone! Welcome back to the SciTech Jobcast, a podcast for future STEM professionals. I am your host Molly Mitchell, and joining me today is Justin Grammons, co-founder of Lab Six Five One and host of his own podcast, Conversations on Applied AI. Welcome, Justin. It's nice to meet you.
1: Yeah, thank you, Molly. Great. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about you and and what your background is?
1: Yeah, well, I'm kind of a lifelong learner slash technologist, I guess. Uh, I started programming at a very early age. I think back in uh, you know the '80s, I remember um, getting a Commodore VIC-20 from uh, from my parents for Christmas, and even at that time, my mom was a teacher at the Minneapolis Public Schools, and she could rent or take home a, a Apple computer. So I started oh, playing wow. around with programming in BASIC um, like on the weekends, and finally got to a point where my parents were like, oh, he actually likes this stuff a lot, so let's get a personal computer. And back then they were pretty expensive, but um, I was lucky enough to be able to get one and start sort of playing around with it, and kind of fell in love with um, programming. I will say that sort of, you know, as my life went on and I got into high school, obviously other things became more important than, than that. But I went to college at Augsburg College here in the Twin Cities, um, graduated with a math and physics degree. And throughout that experience, kind of got myself back into um, just the STEM, just the whole sort of STEM field. And uh, when I graduated, I, I moved to Portland, Oregon and lived out there for a couple of years. And I started working for a company that did math software um, specifically. and um, what, after I was out there for a couple years, the internet really sort of took off. And there was a, a company that one of the people that I went to school with at Augsburg, he was working at. And uh, it was an internet startup in the late 90s. And he was like, This is a great place to work. Why don't you come back and join us? So, you know, kind of got into the internet and started, you know, writing applications for the internet in the late 90s. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So that's that's sort of where I where I where I started my professional career I guess was was actually starting to to develop applications on the internet. Um, I guess going forward, if you want me to talk a little bit more about other projects and companies and stuff like that that I've that I've worked with, um, you know, I worked with everything from small startups, like I said, this this internet startup, to large companies. Um, I worked at RBC, Dane Rauscher. Um, I worked at Thomson Reuters. So kind of worked for a number of different companies but always sort of interested in technology and new new technology and sort of like you know push, pushing the edge and uh, in about in 2006 I left my corporate job to start my own company my, my first company called recursive awesome and we built a lot of mobile um, applications and it was right even before the iPhone had even come out we were starting to work in in that technology using simulators um, you know both iOS and Android and kind of saw that as sort of the next wave. So kind of got on that bandwagon and started a local technology group called Mobile Twin Cities, formed that into a conference called Mobile March and really got deep into the whole mobile application development um, you know, community. And as I look back now, I mean, that was 12 years ago, 12, 12, 13 years ago, I guess, You know, as far as you know, how long these mobile phones have been out. And even as I was sort of dabbling with it, it's probably been more than 15 years now. So really, really, you know, time flies, I guess, sometimes as you're working in this field.
0: Yeah, Um, definitely. So I'm just curious. It sounds like you've had experience working as an entrepreneur, working in startups, working in big companies, working in small companies. A lot of our students have not had their first professional experience yet. So I would be interesting to hear your perspective, uh, interested to hear your perspective about um, working in all those different environments and which ones you like the most and why?
1: <laughs> so the whole startup, small company versus big, big corporate or yeah, or yeah, starting yeah. your own business. Um, yeah, they're, they're completely different um, environments, I guess. And some of it is, is really more really kind of, I guess I, I would advocate for trying everything, you know, I'm I'm kind of a a person like where I think you want to get involved, and I would bring this back to STEM too. STEM's a pretty broad topic, and so you want to get involved, I think, in a number of different things at the surface level, and then really go deep on on one thing and 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 really explore that as deep as you possibly can, and realize if it's something you like or something you don't. But it's it's really sort of the specialization. So, you know, for for me. You know, it was fun when the internet was was hot and it was just a brand new sort of thing, and we were building websites for companies. Um, And it was a small company to begin with. It ended up growing to like 150 people. Um, I, I left when it was around, you know, 100 or so, and mainly because, you know, I I I think it's not so much the size of the company. I think it's really like what are you growing? Like what are you getting out of the whole experience? And I had gotten to a point where. I kind of sort of knew, and this has happened to me with, you know, every, every job, honestly, whether it's a small internet startup or it's a large corporation like Thomson Reuters. Um, know, I got to a certain point where I, I, it was kind of rinse and repeat, right? It was kind of the, mm-hmm. the, the, the job kind of became on autopilot. And I've realized that for me personally, over time, that just doesn't satisfy me. Um, and once I get in that particular situation, And I tell people I was actually sitting at 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 one of these companies one day, and sort of the next project came down the line, and I could literally see everything that I would have to do. Oh, okay, I'm going to pull data from here. I'm going to write a program to do that. I'm going to write the front end, you know, to to have a display like this. And I kind of went through that whole mental exercise, and I realized that day I needed a new job, right? And and so, um, and, and and to be to be frank, I actually like looked for another job within that company. Um, so, you know, there's obviously there's, in a large corporation, you have lots of opportunities to work in different divisions and try out different things. Um, and I, I kind of explored that first. Um, but it, it realized to me that, you know what, and this was when I started my first company, you know what, it, it, it really made sense for me actually to push myself really farther and like, why not try and start a business? And that was something that I had kind of been wanting to do for probably a year prior to that. And, um, you know, I decided to, go for it. And it created a whole new set of questions, a whole new set of challenges, a whole new set of other things that I needed to try and figure out besides just having a job and sitting down at my desk and programming. um, There's so many facets to being an entrepreneur and starting your own business that you need to deal with, but I enjoy it. And I've gone through a couple of different of these companies where I've started them and then I've gone through an acquisition and then I've been a part of a company that has grown. And then I've gotten to a certain point where I'm no longer challenging myself. So I start another company and, and it, it typically sort of revolves around a couple of things. Number one is, yeah, I'm not being challenged. There's no growth in, in what I'm doing, you know, you know, today, I also feel like I want to have larger control over what's going on. Right. I don't really feel like I want to be a, a, a cog in this sort of like large machine, and then also, it's more. I would say it's the personal. It's the personal passion, right? So every time I've started a new business, I've talked about mobile technology. You know, Lab Six Five One, we're doing um, Internet of Things, and the podcast is all around artificial intelligence. So it's been new technology that has really driven me more than anything. Like, hey, there's something cool out there, and I love working with it on nights and weekends. And pretty soon. The day job becomes, I tell people that the the day job's not fun anymore. It's the night job that's more fun. And I say, well, look, what other companies are doing stuff in this space? And if they're doing some interesting stuff, cool. If not, I say start your own business, right? Or start your own meetup. That's another big thing that I'm a huge proponent of is starting community groups and getting more and more people together around a piece of technology and uh, sort of fostering an entire community around that. So, yeah, I guess to answer your question in a roundabout way, I don't really know if it's the size of the business. There's there's definitely different things with regards to like, you know, having a a small boat in a large ocean and feeling like a wave will come and, you know, take you over um, when you're in a small business. Um, But that can happen to large companies as well. And I've found success in finding small divisions within larger companies that are really cool and working with some really great people. And I will say my time at Thomson Reuters, even though it's a a huge organization, we had a nice small team of 15 people. And I worked with some really, really brilliant engineers there. So you you can find your place anywhere, I think, really. It doesn't really matter on the size of the organization. Just make sure that you're learning, um, you're having fun, um, and you're you're working on something that you're passionate about.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love that answer. And I think it's so cool that you have that mindset of, okay, I just need to change, so I'm going to start my own company. Um, I think a lot of students that I've talked to kind of have that feeling too, but how do you go about this process of starting your own company? What's it like at the very beginning when you decide, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur, what's your next step?
1: Yeah, uh, I would say do your research, right? So like I said, for for me, I, I sort of had this epiphany or had this idea of like, hey, you know, why don't I do this? So I started going to local user groups. Um technology user groups, and other groups where people were consultants that have sort of taken this this leap. And I asked them, you know, what were the biggest challenges for you? You know how are you finding work? Um, hey, what's a good attorney uh, or what's a good accountant? You know when you start these 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 businesses, um, you know, you definitely want to bring in people that have done this before, whether it be from accounting, you know, um, attorney. Uh, And then also just like, how do you file with the state of Minnesota? So I I did a lot of research and I talked to a lot of people to kind of understand what I was getting myself into. Um, I also saved some money. So I I went into it very sort of with a methodology with regards to, okay, I have this much runway. So, you know, I'm going to try this. And I I, I would also say leave, like if you're going to leave an employer, for example, or whatever, just leave on good terms. Right. I was I was lucky enough when I left my my employer at the time, my boss, she said to me, you know, I'm I'm really sad that you're leaving, but I'm really excited and happy for you. And there will always be a warm seat for you to come back to if you if you need it. So, you know, I, I, I really sort of planned it out very well with regards to what I was going to do. And then, you know, I, I was lucky enough to attend a conference and I started talking to a person there and they said, you know, we need some help and you know i didn't start the business as i'm gonna go out and hire five people it was just me and i said oh this this sounds interesting so what would it be like if i were to be a consultant with your with your organization and so i kind of got my first gig that way and and uh you know again left on good terms made the transition got everything in place and started you know the contract I, i will say even that first contract it was supposed to go six months and it turned out only going three I, I was three months into it, and the person came to me and said, "Look, we actually ran out of we ran out of funds. Like we didn't get our next round of investment, so we're going to need to figure out what we're going to do." And wow, that was a that was a huge shock to my system. Um, but it, it forced me to sort of double down, and it forced me to really network really hard. And you know, this was this was two, this was two thousand. Uh, you know, six when I did this. So you no know, LinkedIn was there, but nowhere near the, the, the prevalence that I think that it has today. And, and, and even just like these meetup groups that I would, you know, attend, there wasn't really meetup.com or anything like that. So I would say, you know, leverage these, these tools and, and just get out there and talk to people. Um, and for me, it, it, it turned out to actually be a good thing, right? I, I actually ended up getting other work um, and being able to grow the business uh, multiple times, you know, over. But, but yeah, I would say anybody that wants to get into this, um, definitely have a plan. Definitely talk to people. I am um, a huge resource, you know. If anybody wants to talk to me about steps that they would might want to go through, and the steps that I went through, more than happy to share it with you. And, and I would say, you know, I approach entrepreneurship as I would approach anything else. I teach a class at the University of Saint Thomas. I started teaching it a couple of years ago on the internet of things and first thing I did was like hey let me just interview my 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 college professors that I had let me talk to other people who have taught in this program before and so I had coffees and lunches with them and it really sort of okay this is how I'm going to tackle this problem so whether it's entrepreneurship or anything else you're trying to learn I would just you know encourage you to reach out to people and you know use the knowledge and Go and have a virtual lunch. Virtual, (laughs) everything's virtual these days. But yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, set up up a Zoom meeting with somebody and just you know ask questions. Um, More, there's a lot of people out there that are more than happy to share their experiences with you.
0: Yes, I definitely agree with that, and I'm a huge advocate for networking as well. That's how I got my position here at SciTech, and I think um, a lot of times students aren't exactly sure where to start with networking if they don't have a lot of connections. Um, like you said, LinkedIn is, can be a really good resource. But what are some other recommendations you have as far as networking? As someone who's been in the industry for years, um, how can they go about starting their network?
1: Yeah, well, like I say, I think Meetup.com is a great thing. So just go on there and search for what, whatever whatever your curiosity or passion is. I can guarantee you, there's some you know Meetup group that's happening. And I've, I've started a number of them over the years, and you know, sort of the silver lining in COVID is, is that everyone has gone virtual. So you can attend a meeting now that's in New York City. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that definitely would have not been online in the past, but now everyone is doing a Zoom call for these meetings. So get on these groups um, and, you know, ask questions, engage with the people that are there. Um, so that would be a one one first place to start. You know, I would say... Conferences will come back here, you know, later in twenty twenty one, in person things. Those are going to start to happen more and more. And so, look at the industry that you're trying to get into and attend these industry conferences. I know some of them can be expensive, um, but you never know. So, for example, for for me, like I said, I I I left my employer to start a new job, and the reason I found that that new that that first gig of mine was be was was at a software conference and i was just having lunch with somebody and he asked me what i did and i told him what i did and he's like i think we could we could hire you you know i think we could we could use you as a consultant for us so it was it's amazing how just a simple conversation like that with somebody at a conference can completely sort of change the trajectory of your career i would also say leverage your parents right so do are there are you know do your parents know somebody that would that, that could make an introduction? I, I would also leverage your college professors. People don't do enough of this. Like, you know, Definitely. on my first job, yeah, my, my first job, I moved to Portland. And then I actually got a letter of recommendation from my math professor and submitted that with my, with my resume. And, you know, if, if an employer, and now I'm sitting on the other side of the table, but as an employer, I'm looking at two different resumes. Obviously, if I get a nice letter of recommendation from, from somebody, they're going to bubble to the top of the list. So leverage your coach, you know, leverage your pastor, whoever you have, like, just look outside of like, of like your, just your entire personal network and let people know that you're looking and what you're looking to get out of it. Um, and just be upfront just say, you know, look, I'm, I'm trying to find a job in X, uh, and I'm passionate because of, you know, why, <laughs> and this is where I'd like to be in the next year. And, You know, you'll 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 be surprised through a friend of a friend of a friend connection. All of a sudden, you you can make some some really um, life altering, you know, connections. I guess relationships with people.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Great advice. Uh, I'd like to circle back for a second to the Internet of Things. I personally do not have a STEM background, and I'm slightly familiar with it. But could you give us a little synopsis of what exactly is Internet of Things? How does this whole thing work? Um, Just kind of a basic introduction.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. Well, it's kind of a loaded term um it's it's uh it's a term that has sort of evolved over time and over the past you know 30 years or so we've been putting things on the internet um i think even at carnegie mellon back in the back in the 90s they they put a pop machine on the internet so so they didn't have to walk down and see how many cans of of of, you know coke were left in the machine so this idea that this is some newfangled thing is is actually you know completely false um the term iot is, is, it actually should be flipped around. It should be things on the internet. So just just think of everyday ordinary objects around us. Now these things are connected onto the internet, right? And so it's something as simple as your refrigerator uh, or your washing machine. Um, But it's also like, just think of Alexa, that's just a speaker that's basically connected to the internet. Now our cars are connected to the internet. Now we have watches that are connected to the internet. And so it's this sort of proliferation of these things and these these physical objects that are out there and now they're networked because of the internet and then it's really sort of the next phase of that is is okay now what can we do with all of that right now that these things are there we have all sorts of new opportunities and new businesses and and businesses can change the way that they run their company the way that they charge their customers there's all sorts of interesting sort of business use cases that that can come out of it but the term Internet of Things is is really that sort of just that concept of we're taking things and we're putting them on the Internet. And because of that, now these things can communicate with each other and we can create a complete, you know, smart, intelligent network because of that.
0: Yeah, so very cool.
1: Hopefully that clears it up a little bit. But yeah, the, like I say, the term everyone says, oh, you're artificial intelligence, you know, or Internet of Things or blockchain. There's all these sort of like words that are out there. But I try and like break it down to just some common sense things, right? It's like just look around you, and I really sort of like I'm always curious. I'm always like thinking, well, what about if we put this on the internet? Like, what would that mean? And some of them are silly and sort of like not don't really seem to have a whole lot of value. But you know, I I guess I would also say even when the smartphone came out, a lot of people were like, that doesn't have any value. Like, I have my cellular phone. Why why do I need this other device, right? And it, it it takes time for these new technologies to sort of evolve. And then you start bringing things together, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, how did I live without this, right? Uh, and so I, I think IoT is kind of in this, in this, uh, still sort of in this phase of we're doing a lot of exploration, and that's, that's what we do at Lab 651. We help companies build IoT products. So t- t- take a device that they have and, and connect it to the internet and build all these applications around it. Um, and so there's a lot of companies that are just sort of dabbling in it a little bit, um, and I just think over time, more and more companies, it's going to become ingrained in what they do. And it's more and more ingrained in, in all of our lives too.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. Um, I'm kind of curious. So you have your own podcast, Conversations on Applied AI. Could you tell us a little bit more about your podcast and what kinds of topics you cover and what do you talk about?
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. So it's, it, well, A, it's it's called Conversations because that's really what I try and frame it up as, right? So I, I, I really wanna have a conversation with people that are using artificial technology Artificial intelligence, I should say, in all sorts of different, you know, new and unique ways. And so the, the the conversations usually, you know, start out with, you know, them giving a little bit of a background about sort of like what they do. But then, but then, really looking for, okay, how are you applying um, AI, which is sort of this encompassing term of machine learning and deep learning? But how are you getting, you know, computers to do, you know, take go through a lot of data and actually do predictions, make you know, analysis in a specific. Um, you know, business use case, right? And so it'll cover everything from I just really did a really interesting podcast with a guy about farming, you know, about like, and they were using, they're using satellite imagery to take a look at how farms need to be better, you know, better managed with regards to water and with regards to like, um, fertilizer and like nutrients and and it kind of dabbles in iot too because it's it's because they actually have sensors that are actually in the ground too sensing the soil moisture and some of the other chemical compounds so from the oh. images that are flying over and data from within the actual dirt and soil they're able to now um, make some really cool predictions on how much fertilizer they should use and where they should apply it and where they should set up their sprinklers and all this type of stuff so it's just just, just this idea around agriculture um, but then also just talk talk to another person um, where they're actually taking a look at MRIs, right, and and other um, X rays, and they're doing some really cool stuff with regards to saying, oh, these tumors are cancerous and these tumors are not cancerous, um, and actually, it, it, you know, they've they've loaded this up with actually a really cool interface where you can just ask it questions, right, and so it's almost like you know they're it's like a it's like having a world class surgeon or, you know, or radiologist, I guess, you know, on site within these hospitals. And it's, it's these really cool use cases where AI can complement in the, the sort of this new technology can sort of complement, like doctors aren't going away, Mm -hmm. but it can complement the, the skill sets, you know, that, uh, that uh, these doctors might, uh, they just don't have time you know, or there's just, there's just too many patients for them. So now this can do a lot of the initial sort of like filtering. So yeah, we're, we're talking in the medical space. We're talking, I'm talking with people in sort of the agriculture space. Um, We're talking with people like the space that I like to deal with, which is actually like machine um, uh, information. So, you know, you might have a, a, a piece of hardware or a machine running at a factory, for example. And so, you know, can you use analysis to figure out all the data around before that thing fails, right? So there's there's certain you know use cases where if a machine goes down, it costs companies you know millions of dollars a day. Um, we like to this is what we like to do at Lab Six Five One is help companies then hook up sensors to those machines and better understand how customers are using these um, devices and assets and products out in the field. And then with all that data coming back, it's just too much for a human to handle. There's no way anyone's going to be able to do any sort of analysis on this. So we run it through an algorithm. And let uh, you know the computer start trying to find patterns in it. And at the end of the day, that, that's really what this is doing. It's uh, that's that's the whole idea around artificial intelligence. Really, is is just trying to find patterns in the data, and then because of those patterns, then you can start making predictions. And it's as simple as you know, using a uh, if you're going to speak to your Alexa or your Google Home or whatever it is. Uh, obviously, it's been trained over time to understand certain keywords and key phrases and stuff like that and it can you know transcribe it so so yeah so those are those are just some very sort of simple areas i guess where people are already applying artificial intelligence and i just like to have conversations with people on those topics
0: that's incredible i i love that and students definitely check out his podcast if you are interested in artificial intelligence at all it's a really great resource um justin one more question for you what advice do you have for students who are either starting a career in technology or considering it? Um, as far as like getting out of college, maybe they've had an internship already. They're going off into their professional career. What's something you wish you had known at that age?
1: Yeah, um, I think well, back back in the day, I guess back when I was in 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 college, there wasn't a whole lot of internships going on, unfortunately. So if you if you can get an internship. Absolutely. Uh, Make sure that you end up doing that Uh, because it it will, you know, even if you don't end up getting employed by that person, um, there is there's just lots of opportunities that you would be able to uh, work on Um, and experience then that you can come out of school with. Because the the worst thing and this is me sort of sitting on the other side of the table as as a as as a person who would hire somebody who's coming out in technology. Is I'm looking for the most real world experience that I possibly can. So if you go through college and you just take all the computer science courses or you take all the science classes or whatever it is, that's cool. That's a good place to start. But again, it's one of these things where a letter of recommendation or somebody showing me something that they have built. Say, hey, look at this little device that I built, um, or hey, I wrote a computer program to do this. Or um, again, my my world is more in technology and and programming. But you know anything that you've done with regards to you know, um, research and analysis and just anything that you can go back and and show in a STEM-based career to an employer uh, will put you, you know, a head or two above some of the other people that are just coming, that are just coming out of school. So yeah, like I say, if you're not involved with an internship, I definitely think that that you should. I I, I would also say that, you know, I, I have had in the past year only a couple students, but I I wish more would do this. They just hit me up on LinkedIn. Like they, they literally hit me up on LinkedIn and say, you know, I'm not selling anything. I'm not buying anything or whatever. I just want your advice. Like I'm going to be graduating this year and I just want to have a conversation. And so I had a conversation with somebody just last week and he's graduating from the university of Minnesota um, later this spring. He's not done. Um, And uh, you know, he, he, I, I, he's involved in an internship, but he's, I don't think he's going to stay there. So he just wanted to have a conversation with me and he's like, I'm, I'm going to be done, you know? And, and it was, it was very much just like, you know, sure. I'm more than happy to give you my time. And now I have his resume and if something comes up on my side, for sure. But it's that, I don't know, I guess it's that, it's that, uh, that tenacity or just that, I guess that willingness just to reach out is what I would, highly suggest people have a little bit more of right and and i think if you uh if you just sort of put yourself out there and and just ask for some help on linkedin um you'll you'll start just making connections and so that's that's another thing that i would like suggest you can just blindly send a connection request to somebody at a company that you think you'd want to work for and uh you know you never know where it might lead but i highly suggest that
0: yeah that's great advice and i I also would suggest to students to check out career services on your campus. A lot of times students don't make use of these resources, but they can help you with anything as as far as like resumes, interviews, trying to find an internship, trying to find a job. There are a lot of different things that they can do as well. Um, But I totally agree with what you said, Justin. I think LinkedIn is a great resource or even if you go on a company website, like of your dream job and find someone who works there and find their email send them an email and say, hey, I want to do an informational interview. I want to learn more about what you do and how you got to where you are. I think that's a great way to gain more um, of a perspective of the particular industry or company that you're looking at and also make some connections to build your network. So definitely, I totally agree with that, Justin. Uh, Do you have any last pieces of advice you want to share or anything you want to leave us with?
1: Uh, no, I, I mean, I think I think we covered covered a lot of the stuff that I wanted to touch on, Molly. I, I think for me, if we bring it back to the subject of entrepreneurship, I, I sort of tell people that I, I think I waited at least five years, you know, too long before I started my own company. So I I, I graduated and I wor- sort of worked in the industry for about 10 years or so, and then I finally you know, sort of like made the leap. And... I needed to build up that knowledge. I, 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 I think it's pretty hard just to you know come out of college and all of a sudden start your own company. Not to say it can't be done, and I wouldn't totally support that um, for people. But you know, I think there's some there are some basics, uh, especially if you're getting into technology and like like I was, I, I just needed to understand sort of how software engineering works. Um, but uh, but you know, I, I I think I think there was a lot of fear that maybe that goes into that initially, and at the end of the day you know, you're, you're, you're going to be fine. And I, and that's kind of what I try and do is I I try and coach people sort of like through that aspect of it. And I think, you know, entrepreneur can, you know, entrepreneurship can be scary at times. It can just be a big, Roller coaster. There's actually uh, a book out there called The Entrepreneur's Roller Coaster, um, which is a which is an interesting book that I've been listening to recently. Um, and, uh, and and so yeah. So like I say, just go out there and learn as much as you can, not only about entrepreneurship, but about any field that you're getting into. Um, the internet is is just an amazing uh, resource. And like I said, I would highly encourage people to explore a lot of different areas. And if you find something that really sort of uh, you know digs in with you, then and go deep, like you said, You know, reach out to that person at that company, um, attend these workshops, attend these meetups, take a Coursera course, right? I mean, these things are free now, right? And so, I, again, if somebody comes to me with a resume, with a, with a letter of recommendation, and, hey, I took this Coursera course, and now I know all about X – um, wow. Okay. That person's great. I mean, because they, they obviously have stepped up and they are taking their craft, which is what I really, which I, which is what I think you should view your career as, is your craft. You're taking your craft seriously and you're, you're putting in the time and the effort and the repetition to really, to, to really try and master it. So yeah, I, I think that's, that would be my last sort of word of advice is, is just continue to learn.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing all of these wonderful resources. Um, Like I said before, make sure to check out Justin's podcast. It's a really awesome Conversations on Applied AI. And thank you so much, Justin, for joining us today. It was so fun getting to talk to you and hear more about your story. And it was really nice to meet you.
1: Great. Thank you, Molly. I appreciate it.